We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two, three, listen. You're listening to One More Thing. Oh, and One More Thing. Wait a minute, there is one more thing I forgot about. Just one more thing. But we do have one more thing. Oh, and one more thing. That one more thing really comes back to our theme for today. It is one more thing. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. From the Crystal Palace at Dixon Schwabble. Mike, this is episode 68 of One More Thing. Was it Nickelback that once said, It's been a while since I could podcast with my friend. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, I, What's think, up, I think those are the lyrics. I think those are lyrics. What is up? Well, here's the thing, Andrew. Uh, this is episode 68, and you know what they say. That's one after 67. 68 is always great. Ugh. Here we are. Uh, do you want to tell people what time it is? It is 8. Oh, my yes, goodness. It's 8.30 in the morning. Yes. 8.23 a.m. in the morning. We've got morning Mike here, folks. We're going to see how he does. I mean, listen to this voice. Yeah. You Much, it's lower. It's a, the, 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 is it dulcet tones? Is that the word? It sounds great. Let's talk about your first five minutes coming into the office today. I mean, I'm, I've, been in the, <laughs> I've been in the office for eight minutes. So my first five minutes were me walking in and Andrew going, all right, sit down. We're podcasting. It's time. It's been a while. It has. Uh, Bob Hotchkiss, our lovely producer, uh, basically was like, you know, he'd be looking at us in the hallways and he'd be saying, you remember when we used to do a podcast? <laughs> I was like, I do. I do. And that's why we're here. Um, So what do you want to talk about? It's been a while. Well, you know what? Uh, Today is a classic no guest day. We're just going to go in and talk about some marketing things that we've seen and uh, some trends, some instances, uh, some of the latest and greatest. And uh, I think we jump into it. I think we jump into it. I think we jump into it with one of the creepiest things of all time, Google. The Google Assistant making phone calls. You've seen this clip. I have seen this clip. Um, do you want to do you want to set it up for people? It's a little weird. That, so Google had a huge uh, conference, I believe. It's their I/O conference. Yep. And uh, so they had you know this guy stands on stage. for initially outstanding. Is no, that, it doesn't. Oh, I, don't know. I was like, is that what it really stands for? <laughs> it means uh, insanely offensive, which is I don't know why Google would do that, right. but that's not what it stands for. Come on, guys. <laughs> um, they they are debuting this new um, AI, artificial intelligence kind of technology, where apparently they can call and make appointments and have a discussion with a real human and set up uh, dates for you. Well, you can like have Google Assistant be your assistant in more ways than like blocking off your calendar. Yeah. It'll make a call for you in the background. I didn't believe it until you showed me this. It's amazing. So let's go back to this example. Let's say you want to ask Google to make you a haircut appointment on Tuesday between 10 and noon. What happens is the Google Assistant makes the call seamlessly in the background for you. So what you're going to hear is the Google Assistant actually calling a real salon to schedule the appointment for you. Let's listen. Hi, I'm calling to book a woman's haircut for a client. Um, I'm looking for something on May 3rd. Sure, give me one second. Mm-hmm. Sure, what time are you looking for around? At 12 p.m. We do not have a 12 p.m. available. The closest we have to that is a 1.15. Do you have anything between 10 a.m. and uh, 12 p.m.? Depending on what service she would like, what service is she looking for? Just a woman's haircut for now. Okay, we have a 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. is fine. 
Okay, what's her first name? The first name is Lisa. Okay, perfect. So I will see Lisa at 10 o'clock on May 3rd. Okay, great. Thanks. Great. Have a great day. Bye. Really, uh, some good stuff there, Mike. The two things that stick out to me are the natural English language space fillers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, us, the, the me too. Yeah, the, I think mm-hmm. same thing. And then there's still, you'd have to have a super trained ear and know that you're talking to a robot to 12 p.m. 12 p.m. PM. <laughs> that was the one, unless it's an accent, that was the one that was like, that sounds like a robot. It's like, hey, it's for the most part, it's 95% of the way there. They're like, do you have anything? They said they don't have anything at noon or whatever. So they're like, do you have anything between 10 and um, 12 p.m.? <laughs> There is so there's another clip too that we we've both seen when they call a restaurant. Right, because I was thinking when I saw this clip, I was like, okay, cool, it kind of worked out for them. That's fine. How many times did this fail? Now, naturally, I didn't have the other clip pulled up, but everyone should Google it and search for it because it's a much trickier equation. The person wants a reservation for four on May seventh, and the hostess responds, "You want a reservation for seven? and he says, "No, for four on May 7th at 6 p.m. So there's a lot of numbers, and the assistant is able to recognize when the hostess is kind of struggling and recalibrate its answers to make it easier for the hostess to understand, which is what humans do. Which also, this is a great presentation technique because they showed something that was awesome, but then people have some questions, right? And then they show like the home run, which is this assistant dealing with a tough um, phone call. Just a just a human that's not there. Yeah, um, unreal. Unreal is right. Mike, what do you have? Guys, there's a music video that's out. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you haven't seen it. There's a gentleman whose name is Donald Glover. He is one of the most creative minds in all of America right now. Maybe all the world. I don't know. He he just needs a lot of output. He just has stuff out in the world. He started, he was a writer for uh, 30 Rock. He was a writer for SNL. He's an actor. He was on Community. He's a stand-up comedian. He became One of the most famous memes of all time. Or yeah, gifts I mean, of all time. When he walks in the room and it's on fire, right? That's him, isn't it? Wait, when he walks in the room and it's on fire? Oh, yeah. That, that's him, I think. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he has the pizza. He walks in the room and it's on fire. That is him. I hope. Otherwise, we're cutting all. Yes, of this I'm out. pretty sure that is him. <laughs> so he, so he's got a lot of stuff going on. He's also a guy named Childish Gambino. That's his alter ego, and it's it's his rap name. It's who he does a lot of music. That's how he does it. So when he's acting or writing or producing, he's Donald Glover. When he's singing or rapping. He's Childish Gambino. Well, he recently hosted um, SNL, and so he hosted Saturday Night Live. And on that show, he was the host as Donald Glover. He was the musical guest as Childish Gambino, and he debuted two new songs. He hasn't made music in about two years. Um, But on this show, he debuted two new songs, Saturday and This Is America. During that time, he also released This Is America music video online. Now, the music video, just like a warning for everybody, is fairly provocative, and uh, there's at least two scenes that are shocking in nature, so uh, that's something to keep in mind. And we're not going to play it, so yeah, that's important to keep in mind. The whole thing is disturbing. Yes. I think we can both safely say that, but there are two moments in particular where Childish Gambino's This Is America is especially disturbing. Yeah, it's been fascinating to see this, because in two days, this music video got 37 million views. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like on fire and people there's now if you go to youtube today is three days after it came out four days after it came out ish one of the top videos on youtube is a video dissecting that video that's how much that this has infiltrated like the whole culture right now you've got multiple think pieces picking it up i've seen wall street journal ad age you name the outlet they've written about this song yeah yeah and so it kind of if you want to compare this real quick with another artist that you might know his name's 
Kanye West. Heard of him. Kanye West has been going through a lot of, he's been tweeting up a storm recently, right? And he's saying all sorts of wild stuff all across the, you know, all across the board. Um, and people are like, whoa, what is happening, Kanye? Now he's got new music coming out. So a lot of people think this is some type of like performance art piece almost so that he can, you know, get a lot of, drum up a lot of buzz for his new album. So you have that kind of side of the situation. And then you go over to this side, which is literally just a piece of art in this music video that's drumming up so much buzz. Uh, and there's two, you know, there's two different ways to go about this and people are talking about which way is the better way. Should they even be compared at all? All sorts of things. But it's been fascinating to watch the rollout of this Childish Gambino music video and as he gets into his newer music. Which of the, the marketing tactics do you like better? Which do you think has had a bigger impact? So we've got, <laughs> let me set the scene at a high level. We've got Kanye West, social media and digital. Everything's right. online. We've got Donald Glover, traditional media, Word of mouth, for sure. Word of mouth, sir. Um, and very little, neither are probably paying for any of this, because that's the that's what celebrity buys you, is lots of publicity. Which you prefer? Well, the, I can't stop thinking about I, I maybe, can Maybe let me rephrase that. Not which do you prefer, which did you like more? I have. I can't stop thinking about the music video. It's fascinating. I see people talking about it all over the place. Um, and I just think that that's like... It's a more, it feels like less gimmicky than the Kanye thing. Like the music video is the music video. It just is what it is. Kanye stuff is like, oh, I'm saying crazy things all over on Twitter and I haven't tweeted in a while, but now I'm coming back and saying whatever I want, 100 tweets a day. And it just feels a little bit more publicity seeking than the music video. The music video is like, this is what I did here. Take a look. Uh, How is it possible that they can keep something like that under wraps? That's what I said to you right after watch, after the disturbing nature of the film and realizing all the things that that thing draws to light right then it's like then the marketer in me does eventually turn on and it's like how is it possible to keep that under wraps i have no idea because i think about this all the time about they're filming these things like tv shows film in new york city all the time how do people not know what is coming out where are all the spoilers i don't know (laughs) i don't know no one knows is there a company is there a company they pay to keep everything under wraps a secrets company because that's interesting a secrets company now, how do you, now, now that's an interesting topic. How do you market yourself as, as a, a secret? secret? Yeah. It's got to be word of mouth, and it it's, has to be like you have one client, and then that client leads you to another client. And your office has to be in a dark garage, yeah, parking garage. And you definitely need a secret, like, a la Watergate. You need a secret knock and password. There's a secret knock. There's a secret handshake. Everything's a secret. Everything's a secret. Right. I like that. The secrets company. Yeah. It kind of sounds like a toy company uh, a little bit. <laughs> Secrets. Um, I tweeted something this morning. Today is May 10th. Yeah, I saw this before I came into work. I'm a big fan of Wendy's. You're a huge fan of Wendy's. Uh, more so mm-hmm. me me eating it. 50 well, Cent Frosties 50 right cent now. 50 Cent Frosties. We're both killing those. Those are, those are just <laughs> deadly. Um, and Wendy's and their marketing and their social media, kudos again. You've caught our eye. You caught my eye this morning at 6.15. Right before I went in the shower, um, we'll get into terrible habits of checking our phone too soon. We're going to talk about that. Perfect. Um, Wendy's uh, Burger King tweeted just a picture, and it's on their sign. It says, at Wendy's prom, question mark. Wendy's responded by saying, yep, okay, yep. Wendy's said, but don't get handsy, and we have to be home by 10. Well, let me tell you something about Wendy's and Burger King. Please do. Shouts to both of them for having a little fun, taking marketing less seriously, putting their competitors out front, and having some fun with marketing. Burger King? Okay. 
when do, everybody at this point, if you are deep into like the Twitter sphere or marketing as a whole, you probably know that Wendy's Twitter account kills it, right? Yep. They kill it. But what you might not realize is that Burger King is pretty pretty good. They're not bad. Yeah. A couple years ago, they did uh like what is it? Flaming flame grilled burgers was their ad, but the ad showed all of the restaurants they had that got lit on fire. That was their ad. <laughs> it was just picture after picture of Burger Kings on fire, and they're like, "Yeah, this is what happens when you take everything too seriously." Like, I want to flame grill. I want to try to get the Wendy social media person. I want to try to get the UMBC social media person. I want to get people that go into meetings, and I want to understand how they pitch what they pitch because it seems to me like there's a lot of autonomy there that they get to make decisions and see how it goes. They probably have a strategy. They probably have to report on success. But it seems like they're not afraid to make decisions and go for it. I had read an article about the team behind the Wendy's Twitter account, and they said for the most part they do have autonomy to do what they want to. Now, they have to, if they're going to say something about a competitor, so they may have had to ask about this one, especially when they go after McDonald's because they, like, go after McDonald's. This one's a little more buddy-buddy with Burger King, but when they go after McDonald's, like, hey, McDonald's, boo, we're the best. (laughs) And they have to get permission for that sort of stuff. But for a lot of things... They do what they want. Is it McDonald's one, Wendy's two, Burger King three? Is that the general rankings, or is Wendy's the the snippy underdog uh, on social media? Or just in life? McDonald's has got to be one. Yeah, they're just so big. Um, I don't know. I mean, Wendy's has made a real push. It's because of good stuff. Fifty Cent Frosties. I think that that's the moral of the story here. If you're going to sell Fifty Cent Frosties, we're going to talk about you. Yeah, that's exactly. just the way it is. Uh, what else you got? NBA. Um, if you haven't been watching the NBA playoffs, they've been fantastic. The 76ers just lost last night. The Cavs are about to just take it straight to the finals at least. I think NBA is great. This is what you need to know. NBA is great. But one of the reasons that they're great is because of their social media presence as well and what they do online. Now, unlike a lot of other uh, major league sports, uh, the NBA doesn't care if you take their highlights and like uh, remix them. So what happens is, Late at night, if you're an NBA fan, you go onto Twitter, you go onto Instagram, maybe even Facebook a little bit, and you're going to see uh, a video of LeBron James dunking. But the video isn't just of him dunking, the highlight. It's of him jumping up in the air, flying into space, music's playing, he's spinning around, and then coming down for a thunderous jam back in the arena because someone edited it. Now, they asked Adam Silver, who is the commissioner of the NBA, what's the deal with this? Why do you do this? Because a lot of other leagues don't they like pull everything away you can't don't touch our highlights this is our stuff well adam silver is what i would like to call light years ahead which is a golden state Warriors super term. progressive he's super progressive he said listen we are giving everybody snacks we are giving them treats we're letting them do what they want because this is what gets people very interested and then the full course meal is the games and we think that if we give them the snacks the people will come for the meal which is the games I love that. Excellent. I love that, too. I think there's a great understanding of your audience there. I think the NBA knows that their audience is is mobile. Their audience is digital. They're savvy. They're, they're going to do great things that are only going to spread the message of the NBA. And in the first round, they had, uh, was it a Cle- the Cleveland, I think it was the Cleveland-Indiana Pacers game seven, was like one of the most watched um playoff games they've had in a while and their ratings went up in a time when tv ratings you just want them to either stay where they are compared to last year or even go down a little bit is fine because ratings continue to drop but they went up so the nba is doing something that's counterintuitive to everybody else and they're boosting their numbers i worry if they're peaking a little too early with and this is where your boys in golden state can either help or hurt if they're peaking too early in popularity because football 
is in a rough spot right now. Right. But football still has a chance to recover yeah. and continue to be America's number one watch sport. But I think if the NBA, if, if football was going down more and the NBA kept this upward trajectory, it'd be fascinating to see if they could take over the main uh, the main I mean I'm a huge NBA fan it's my favorite sport yeah. and I I fully hope that in it, 10 10 years if the NBA is number one watch sport in the in the US <laughs> I'm excited I love football you know this I'm you do. big yeah. I love the Bills um but there, I'm not going to lie like there's a part of me that feels gross watching it on Sundays hmm. cuz it's dangerous like yeah. it is dangerous the NBA is so much more progressive and this is totally a sidebar, but like even the PGA Tour just unveiled a new brand, and you talk about getting a younger audience, and their new brand yeah. is Live Under Par. Live Under Par. For for many many years, they were these guys are good, um, which is still very true. They're amazing. Uh, but now it's Live Under Par, and if you follow at PGA Tour on Twitter, you'll see. Um, Day after day, it's all cell phone driven content. It's like, you know, uh, someone from PGA Reach gets to hit a shot at TPC Sawgrass, the famous island hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Thomas helping a couple propose and get married. That was awesome. Uh, everything is about capturing it, capturing those moments on cell phones. And I think that's pretty cool. And it's a bold move by the PGA Tour. Yeah, I think it's great. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen here. Well, on that, on that note, my last thing is privacy, Mike. Uh, first of all, before we go any further, just just say out loud your social security number, where you live, just all the stuff that we need. Right, right. It's uh, seven one two <laughs> five. Six, don't. Oh, he's no, oh, don't. He just told, yeah, he's he giving the cut to signal. Do that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, Privacy is a big issue. I think uh, we haven't podcasted in so long that this story about Facebook has taken so many shapes and forms. Cambridge Analytica. Here is the long and short of it, folks. Um, Facebook was caught. And they're definitely in some sketchy ground, but they are the kings of the castle. The second most popular network is Instagram, which is owned by Facebook. Yeah. So I think they'll be okay. They have to make some adjustments and they're, they're really going to have to be a network that can show results based on acquiring first party data. Like people need to opt in. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it's going to get to eventually. I think all these third party data sources that collected all these things and knew that Mike likes the NBA and Andrew likes 50 Cent Frosties and Mike and Andrew are friends so we can safely assume they both like trips to Wendy's. All that stuff is going to have to go away. It's going to have to be about smart targeting on the back end of websites. It's going to have to be about opt-in email lists. And it's it's good. I think it's good for our industry in general to have to go through this. Well, I think uh, like in terms of marketing, people are going to have to work smarter Maybe not, nece- maybe not necessarily harder, but smarter, more efficiently. They're going to have to get email lists. They're going to have to get people to sign up for things. They're going to have to connect with their customers a little bit more uh, than they might be used to because Facebook was like, oh, we got tons of data. What do you want? <laughs> which is, yeah, which is, which at the end of the day, like when we talk to prospective clients or our friends, at the end of the day, we're a little biased. Like the, our careers are predicated on people going to websites and buying something or mm-hmm. people going to websites whatever it might be, just doing whatever the action is. And I always tell people the goal of all this data that we have on you is not to, you know, jeopardize you, your life, your information. It is to provide you content that we think you'll actually like and like do something with. Now that's a serious PR marketing spin on it. At the end of the day, what do you put online? You're kind of playing with house money a little it's bit. It's a bit of a double-edged sword because yeah. you might like you might if you're like me, then you kind of appreciate well-done targeting because you get ads that are 
that are things that you're kind of interested in. Now, <laughs> if you are a quick to spend type of person, this could be a big problem because you're just buying up all the coolest stuff that you're seeing on Instagram all day. Uh, but you're getting ads that are more relevant to you as opposed to getting ads that are about, you know, for me, like some sort of fancy cookware, I'm probably not going to go for that very much. Um, but if you're telling me you've got some sort of graphic t-shirt company, I'm more into that. The double-edged sword here is uh, that, yeah, they do have they do have a lot of information on you and they can make these type of decisions. And like I said, if you're susceptible to jumping in real quick to buy stuff, that could be a problem. One of our favorite things to do when we talk to classes, you and I, is you love to have them pull out their phone, love go it. on Instagram, and basically swipe until you see an ad, raise your hand once you've seen an ad. Takes two seconds. Talks about two, <laughs> takes about two seconds typically. Uh, usually sometimes it takes five or six because the person can't unlock their iPhone or whatever it might Correct. be. <laughs> and then uh, we love to say, okay, what's the ad you've seen? And then it's like CSI, NCIS. Yeah, Rochester. Trying to it's, figure it's out. It's like figuring figuring out how did I get this ad. So we had one we had one young student who was like uh, Tim Hortons. I don't even I don't I don't do Tim Hortons. I don't go to Tim Hortons. And I was and I said, you ever driven by Tim Hortons or do you live near Tim Hortons or do you uh, have you ever liked anything about coffee at all? Like, have you gone to Dunkin' Donuts? Have you gone to Dunkin' Donuts maybe? And then the eyes just lit up. Oh, because oh, he's yeah. like, oh man, uh huh. So all the time. It's something. It, it is. It is. And so Cambridge Analytica, they filed for bankruptcy. Um, you know, all, PR, all press is good press. Ah, I don't know. I don't know in this case. But um, the times they are changing. And this happens all the time for us. Like we see Facebook is constantly changing. Even before this, they have different sort of measurements that are coming out or different sort of uh you know, security measures that they're tweaking. And, and this was like a very, very public, um, out there in everyone's minds sort of situation. So we'll see what's, we'll see what's going to happen, but I guarantee within a year, we're not going to be anywhere close to where we are right now. To all marketers out there, hang tough, give it a second, take a deep breath. Um, let Facebook figure it out. You, there's a new story every day about things they're trying to do. There's some reorganization going on in the company. Let them figure it out and and adjust accordingly. Um, Mike, it was great to be back. Yeah, man. It was good to be back as well. We are podcasting live from the, not even the, the studio. We are. This is our home. Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Uh, this is our home. Uh, Adam, our colleague Adam, thanks for being our one-man audience today. Um, give me, Adam, just give me in, in one sentence or less a, an SEO tip that we can leave them with. Keep your meta title <laughs> between 55 and 60 characters. That is your Adam Sisson SEO tip of the week. Uh, thank you for joining us. Episode 68, Mike sent us off. Hey guys, have a good one. Enjoy the weekend and do the thing. Do the thing.